Welcome to the Black Box by Spotlight Studio. I'm Nicholas Faison, Spotlight Studio Coordinator with SEPA in Pell City. Spotlight Studio is the digital content production wing of Spotlight, an all-ages drama, outreach, and education program that serves residents throughout St. Clair County. This episode features the first act of a two-act podcast written and recorded by members of the Jefferson State Community College Spotlight Club. The Children of Change was directed by Jefferson State Theater instructor Leslie Warren and was produced and recorded by Spotlight Studio in Pell City. In it, these students and faculty present a dramatized look into the Children's Crusade, a peaceful protest in 1963 that saw thousands of students take to the streets in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you for joining us. And now, a foreword about this episode. We're very glad you could tune in to listen because this story is based on a very important part of history, which is the Children's March that took place here in Birmingham, Alabama in 1963. That's right. It's especially important considering how not many people are aware that that many black children marched to have the same rights that white people do. There's no doubt that people of color are still being treated unfairly in our present day. Absolutely. Many people still don't treat others equally, but before the Children's March, discrimination was legal. Black people couldn't eat at the same restaurants as white people did. On the occasion that they were allowed to eat at a restaurant, It wasn't uncommon for the owner to make them eat their food in the back of an alley instead. Not only that, they could even be arrested for entering a restaurant. And schools with black children didn't have the same funding or materials as schools with white children. It was common for the formal schools to have only one microscope for an entire class. And the kids couldn't use it for even a minute before their time using it was up. And instead of being able to use new textbooks, black students had to use hand-me-down textbooks. It doesn't even end there. Often, the policemen would target people of color for no reason other than just to beat them down, even letting dogs attack them. This level of inequality is what led Dr. Luther King Jr. to organize the march. The plan was to have a specific day where as many black people as possible gathered at the park to protest. That way, when the police would arrive to carry all the protesters off to jail, the jails would be overflowing to the point where it would be impossible to arrest any more people. Part of the reason for this plan to expose how unjust the system is towards black people for often putting them in jail for no reason. If the jails were filled to the point where authority figures couldn't put anyone else in jail, then they would have to change the laws. However, when few of the adults were volunteering to join the march and go to jail, Dr. King began to worry. Without enough volunteers, the plan could have easily fallen apart. Thankfully, that didn't turn out to be the case. When hardly any of the adults would join the march, the children decided to volunteer. Now, it's worth mentioning that the adults, including Dr. King, felt hesitant to let the kids march in the place of adults. Without these children, though, Dr. King's plan wouldn't have been able to be executed, and the segregation laws wouldn't have been overturned. We also want to mention that the story is a reflection on the Children's March in 1963. The story contains language that is outdated in our current time. Right. Some of the terms used for the people of color in this story would be offensive and even harmful to call a person of color today. The terms used in this story are only to help give listeners like you an accurate idea of what it was like in 1963. Well, that's enough explanation from us. Without further ado, let's dive right into this story. Well, hello, children. Go ahead, take a seat. Come on, settle down and hush up. I got a story to tell you. Now, I know you get bored sometimes with the stories we old people tell, but this one's important. This story should not be forgotten, so pay attention. You'll want to tell it to your children one day, too. Now, this world is a lot different than it used to be, but it ain't as different as people make it out to be. See, when I was young, like you, I was smart and a touch rebellious, 
I used to love going to school, spending time with my family and friends, and getting into as much trouble as I could. <laughs> but in 1963, I was 17. My favorite thing was potluck lunches at the church. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the nourishment we are able to receive for the blessings we enjoy every day. We pray that our congregation and all God's people go into the coming week healthy and safe. Father, we give special thanks for the bright light you have shown upon one of our members recently and pray for those who may be experiencing periods of darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for letting me sit with y'all, Mr. Simmons. Oh, there's always room at the table for you, Chloe, and we're happy you could join us. Alexandra, you got too much roast and not enough vegetables. You didn't get even any salad. I know, Papa. Salad's good and all, but I love your pot roast, and you only make it once a month. Well, I can make it more often if that'll get you to eat some vegetables. I'd probably still just eat the roast. I gotta get my protein. Alex, you don't need that much protein to study. Your scholarship is going to go to waste if you don't eat broccoli or something. You know, brain food. Papa, the scholarship hasn't even been awarded yet. I'm just in the top three. They'll choose the winner in the next couple of weeks. You know you're going to get it, sis. You're the smartest girl in school. You're on a roll. Speaking of, can I have yours? Get your own roll, Don. But Papa, you're who Reverend Blair was talking about. You're the one God is shining his light on today. I can't pretend. I don't feel fortunate. Not many coloreds get promotion at my factory or anywhere else for that matter. Well, don't get me wrong. I love church potlucks. I just wish we could have celebrated at our favorite restaurant. Why couldn't you? Well, we knew the manager of that restaurant pretty well. Mr. Goodman was always nice to us, but the last time we went, there was a new manager, and he wasn't as friendly as Mr. Goodman. Did he make you eat out back in the alley? No, but he was afraid of getting caught serving us, so he made us enter through a side door to the back room. He let us stay and eat, but only behind a closed door where no one could see us. Going back there wouldn't feel like a celebration. I wish every manager could be like Mr. Goodman. Remember when he gave us free dessert for Mama and Papa's anniversary? Whenever we ate there, I always remember how happy Mama was that day. Oh yes, that was a wonderful day. But we can remember your Mama wherever we are. Her spirit is right here with us now. And everywhere with my beautiful children and their friends will always be a celebration. Amen. So, Alec, you should come with me to the big meeting at the church this week. I bet everyone would love to see you. Oh, I don't know, Chloe. I've heard folks talking here and there, and I just don't think I should get involved. Things are changing whether you join us or not. Why not be a part of something important? Why don't you go to the meeting with Chloe, Alex? Just showing up doesn't mean you're agreeing to do anything, but listen for a little while. Yeah, okay, I'll go. <laughs> wow, really? I mean, I know I asked you to come with me, but I thought I would have had to push you a little more. Just because I said I would go to the meeting doesn't mean I'm going to do anything, but I don't mind listening. Well, something's better than nothing. I guess I better head home now. Thanks again for making room for me at the table. I'll meet you at the bus stop, Alex, and we can walk together. Yeah, see you then. It seemed like life was perfect. 
didn't it? And sometimes it almost felt like it was. But I'm just thankful you children don't have to go through some of the indignities that we had to endure every day. This world doesn't change all by itself. Sometimes you gotta step up and be the change. But back to the story. The day of the meeting at the church arrived and Alex kept a promise. Hey, Alex, you showed. I didn't think I had much of a choice. Sorry I'm late though, I had to finish my chores. Well, I'm glad you're here, even if you don't want to be. You know I'm only here because you've been my best friend since we were three, right? I'm willing to try just about anything once for you. All of what I've heard y'all are planning here sounds amazing, but I just can't see myself getting too involved. Not when I have such big plans. First, graduation. I've got to keep my grades up and stay out of trouble. For folks to believe coloreds are half as smart, we've got to try twice as hard. You know that. After graduation, on to college. I've been waiting for months to hear back about that scholarship, and I just don't know what I'm going to do if I don't get it. But when I do, I'll get a college degree, and nobody can ever take that away from me. I'm not going to let anything distract me from that plan, not even my best friend. Oh, the great plan. I must have heard you say that about a thousand times now. Alex, what about those of us who aren't at the top of the class? Or those who don't want to move away and leave our families behind? Alex, I'm sick to death of being told all day, every day, what I can't have, where I can't go, and who I'm not allowed to become. I want to decide who and what I will be, just the same as you. And you know perfectly well that what I want most, I can't have in this town. Not right now. But I also can't leave my family. Change is going to have to come, Alex. I need it to change. I need it now, and I need you to help. Okay, I get it. I get it. Trust me, I do. But I can't risk my chances when I already only have half a chance as it is. Okay, look, the meeting's already starting. Let's just go in, and we can talk on the way home. Well, good evening, Chloe. You are a little late. I was afraid we might not see you tonight. Oh, of course. I made sure I was going to make it tonight, Mrs. Root. Especially when I get to bring my best friend, Alexandra Simmons, to the meeting. It's her first time being here. It took a little nudging, but... I see. Well, you better get on in there. Most of the young people are sitting in the back. We've already missed some of Robert Blair's speech, but that's okay. Oh, wait. Simmons, are you related to... I'm, I'm sorry, Mrs. Root. I'm not trying to be rude, but we can't miss another minute. Bye! Brothers and sisters, the time is now. Who will join us tomorrow for the chance at freedom? If we want to change, then we must flood the jails. We all have seen united behind bars. Anyone who will walk for D-Day, please step down front here. Chloe, did I hear that right? D-Day? What's that supposed to mean? And why would they want everyone to get arrested? That's crazy. Yep, you heard that right. Reverend Blair has been saying that to break the system of segregation in Birmingham, the jails are going to have to be filled with peaceful protesters. We don't want to break laws that are just and good. We just want the unjust laws to be changed. We decided that the best way to do that would be to gather as many of us as possible and to march on the streets on the same day, which we are calling D-Day. Reverend Blair applied for a legal permit to march, but it was denied. They don't want to hear our voices. 
they're putting up more walls and we're gonna knock them down with this protest so they'll arrest us just for being together in a crowd even though we'll just be peacefully marching it won't be easy and it won't be safe but they won't be able to enforce the segregation laws if there are too many of us for the jails to hold they'll just have to change the laws which is what we want who will march i'll march hey let go of my arm alex this is for grown-ups to do not us it's too dangerous do you see any of the adults here volunteering they're all afraid of losing their jobs and homes if no one else here is going to do something it might as well be me you and the rest of the kids no chloe it's too risky who will join us to march on this revolutionary day your children will while we appreciate your willingness chloe we are looking for adult volunteers <sighs> see now, which of you brave adults will help us fill these jails and get our voices heard for a great change? Ruth, honey, this isn't the response we hoped for. The people want change, but they're afraid to lose everything they've worked for so hard. <laughs> for this to work, I think we're gonna have to let the kids march. Blair, honey, we've talked about this. Now, we've been to jail before, you of all people should know that prison is too dangerous for children. I know, but don't you get it, Ruth? The whole point of this movement is that we're already jailed, just not behind bars. So let's all go and get behind real bars. Let them really see how powerful we feel. It's like we've said over and over, the time to stand up for freedom in Birmingham is now. It's now or never, and never isn't an option. Blair, you're right. We've been imprisoned by these laws for too long, but if we let those children march, who knows how many of them could be beaten senseless or even killed. Remaining calm and nonviolent is already hard enough when being threatened by anyone. But to expect our children to do the same, to stay level-headed and peaceful while being threatened or beaten by the police? Uh-uh, there just has to be another way. So you're saying you're ready to give up? Because if we can't feel the gels, then this will never work. Of course not. I don't believe in giving up. I know you don't, but- Okay, you're right. The cause is too important and we have to do whatever we can. Try again. Inspire them the way you inspire me every day. All right, and then Ruth, one more try. Brothers and sisters, and yes, all boys and girls, the idea that you can remain as you always have, no worse than you are, but always no better. This is only an illusion. The reality is that the time has come to either go on forever keeping our heads down and saying, yes sir, yes ma'am, or march with pride and insist we will not be denied. The time has come to say we have a voice and we will not remain quiet. We will not allow anyone to tell us our value of our lives nor prevent us from having equality I want my freedom. Do you want to be equal? No one man or woman, boy or girl, can do this on their own. That's why we all have to stick together, and the time is now. Come forward and volunteer to march to overturn the unjust laws that oppress us. Me! Me. See that, honey? Now we got plenty of volunteers. This march will be our march to freedom. But how many of them are adults? That doesn't matter. We are a force. Yes, the majority of them are children, but there isn't another way. All right. 
If this is how it has to be, then we'll do it. But the march can't be tomorrow. It's too soon. These kids need to understand we are going to approach this peacefully. And violence is not an option before they can come face to face with the Birmingham police force. They need a chance to think and change their minds. We need to make sure they understand what to do if things get out of control. Ruth, they've been learning how to face these threats without reaching violently. They've been listening to DJ Ricky Real on the radio. He got the message across, which is how so many people learn about our meetings. The kids have been coming every week for training. Miles Fogel and the other college students have been running the non-violence training for weeks now, and these kids have been learning how to remain peaceful under a lot of stress. They're more prepared than you think, honey. Have a little more faith in them. Okay then, okay. We should still give them a few days. We will march on Thursday. Spread the word, and we'll keep marching every day as long as we've got volunteers. We've got to get at least a thousand people to overwhelm the jails and the police for this to work. Ruth, we can't let anyone forget that this isn't just about freedom to sit at a lunch counter, and neither is it about having white people look in your eye to speak with you with respect. What happens here in Birmingham, right now in the spring of 1963, is going to determine the fate of the civil rights movement everywhere in this country. If we don't win here, we may as well lose everywhere else. The stakes couldn't be any higher. As much as I'd rather it be another way, it looks like it's in the hands of these children. Alex, hey, sorry to leave you by yourself. What's wrong, Chloe? You sound shaky. Having second thoughts about marching? Huh? No, of course not. I was born to march. Hey, you didn't see anyone you know, did you? Just a few kids from school. Why? Oh, oh no reason. Just curious. Weird as usual, I see. <laughs> you know me. Come on, let's go. As ecstatic as Chloe was to march, she was also nervous about a secret she had been keeping from her best friend. The next day rolled around and the kids went to school as usual, except one thing was different. A whole lot of them had D-Day on their minds. Well, hey, Alex, tomorrow's D-Day. Are you gonna go, huh? Are you? Are you? Chloe, are you ever gonna stop asking me if I'm going? Huh? Are ya? Are ya? Come on. You know my family doesn't take risks like that. I wouldn't be so sure. What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. Of course it's something. Would you mind telling your best friend what that something is? Why would I? Why would I share with you when you don't even care to share with me? How can you just sit back and do nothing when there's just so much unfairness in our world? When we're getting treated like we're less than whites, but they still have the nerve to say separate is equal? You know it's not equal. Of course I know it's not. Do you seriously think I don't notice? You think I don't notice things like how I only get to look through my microscope for 30 seconds? Because you know how many microscopes we have in my class? One. One microscope. But I've heard white schools have enough for every single student. I can't wait until I get to college so I can spend as long as I want with the microscope. We have very different ideas of college. You know what I mean. Yeah, so you're saying you're fine with always having to struggle just to get treated worse than whites? I didn't say that. You know I don't want that from my family or anyone, but this is just the way it is. We keep our heads down and we survive. And if we don't get involved and do something, it'll always be this way. We'll just keep surviving and nothing more. Look, all I want is to not draw any attention to myself. 
Um, don't you get it? You're already a target just for being born colored in Birmingham. You don't have to do anything to call attention to yourself. And you know it. Just the other week, Calvin's grandpa was in a park and the police let a dog loose on him for no reason. And he was just walking. I heard about that. But even if I did protest, Papa has a good job and we have to be careful not to jeopardize that. Anything I do affects him too. The best jobs are white only, and you know that too. I know your papa does better than a lot, but even he can't go everywhere or do everything he wants. He can only do what the segregation ordinances allow him to do, and that's not freedom. Chloe, I'm about to graduate and go to college. I just need to stay out of trouble until then. Oh, so you're going to leave the rest of us to our fate, huh, Alec? Well, what about me, Alex? What about your friends? What about your little sister, Dawn? Dawn is only 13. By the time she graduates, I'll have a good job and she can come and live with me. Or hey, she's smart too. Maybe she'll find her own way out. <laughs> Seems to me she already has. At least one of you is doing something. Okay, wait a second. What are you talking about? Dawn has been at the nonviolence training meetings every Saturday for the last month. She's going to march with us. Maybe you were just too busy staring through your microscope to notice. Are you serious? I'm sorry. I know you're upset, but Don wants to march, and I've been helping her prepare for it. Are you out of your mind? You think it's a good idea to let a 13-year-old march and possibly die? And you didn't even tell me. I think you need to spend a little more time with the book like the dictionary. Look up best friend first. Maybe you'll learn the definition. Ugh, this is why I didn't want to tell you this in the first place. If you had taken a minute away from your studies to actually pay attention to her, you would have known that she's sick of this too. Making a change means the world to her. And you're saying that I should have just told her to suck it up and never have a chance at equality? I'm not saying that. Trust me, I want better for her too. I want better for all of us. But there just has to be a different way than Dawn risking her safety. Do whatever you want to do, but there's no way I'm letting Dawn go. I'm going to talk to her about this as soon as I get home. You can't just control what she does, Alex. Alex! Now, of course, Alex loved her little sister and worried she'd get hurt. Their mother's passing made Alex very protective of Dawn. Now, she planned to put a stop to what she thought was nonsense when she got home that day. Even though Chloe had been helping Dawn prepare for the march, she still had doubts about going. And so, she sat in her room after school, debating with herself about whether or not marching would be the right thing. I know I'll be taking a big risk, but I believe in the cause. If I'm not willing to stand up for others, then who will stand up for me? It would wreck everything for me, but I don't want to live the rest of my life the way I see my papa living. He's a great father, a good person, smart and hardworking, but he's not free. I'm not free. The risk is worth it, but what if I'm not strong enough? Can I really stare hatred in the face and not cave in to anger and violence? Attending nonviolence training classes is one thing, but out there on the street, will I be able to control my own emotions? Come in. Dawn, oh, 
Do you have a friend over? I thought I heard you talking to someone. I'm fine, Papa. Just practicing a speech for school. Is there something you want? No, I was just checking up on you. You know, when I was your age, I loved school too. Every subject sparked my interest. There was nothing that I found boring or unlearnable, and that says a lot, given the poor resources that were handed to me. I see a lot of myself in you. You have always had this fire in your eyes when you found yourself learning new things or trying something new. Don't ever let anyone put that fire of yours out and never lose yourself in the process. Your heart will always lead you in the right direction. Thanks, Papa. Well, I'll be across the hall if you need anything. I have to do this, even if it means risking my future. What can I grow up to be in this town anyway? My future's tied to my race, and I couldn't look myself in the mirror every morning if I don't take a stand for myself and everyone I know. But am I just being foolish? I'm just a teenager and barely even that. No, Papa is always right, and I have to do just what he said. I'll follow my heart, and I won't let anyone put out my fire. Come in. Don, we need to talk. Chloe told me about how you've been at the non-violence training meetings. You're not actually going to march, are you? Well, yes, I am. You can't go, Don. Why not? What do you mean, why not? You'll get hurt. Maybe worse than hurt. You think I don't know that? They want the marchers to get arrested. What person in their right mind would want to confront the police, risk getting beaten or attacked by their dogs, just to get thrown in jail for who knows how long? Not to mention that Papa might lose his job, and I won't be approved for a scholarship. Not only are you risking your safety, but you're risking your future, and mine too. There's just too much to lose by protesting, Don. The chances of us living good lives and the future are slim if we don't go to protest for equality. Don't you remember when that new restaurant manager harassed us? We're lucky that he didn't call the cops on us for just being there. Exactly. We're lucky the cops didn't come to throw us in jail. So why willingly go to jail when that's what we've been avoiding? Because the laws are just unjust, Alex. I'm volunteering to go to jail to show that the laws are wrong. And if I don't go, all of Chloe's training would have been for nothing. So you think Chloe knows what's best for you? Um. Let's just get ready for bed. I'll talk to Chloe about this tomorrow. You just can't go. Promise me. Okay, I promise. <laughs> Now D-Day had finally arrived, and the excitement in the air was electrifying. So many kids were nervous and excited for this day, but Alex wasn't one of them. She had on her mind making sure that her sister did not go, and that Chloe would be well aware of that too. Um, Alex, hey. Oh, hey Chloe. Look, don't think I forgot about yesterday. I'm not really in the mood to talk to you yet. I know. Look, I'm sorry about yesterday. I admit that keeping this a secret from you wasn't cool. 
But the only reason I did it was because I know how important this is to Dawn. And she won't be alone. I'll be there to watch over her. That only makes it slightly better. But I talked to her and she promised not to go. But Alex, you don't understand. It sounds like you don't understand. Chloe, I promised Mama that I'd always take care of Dawn since she can't be here to do it herself. All right. Not going is your decision. And I'm not going to push you anymore. But just as you're determined to reach your goals, so is your little sister. You've got your reasons for not going, but she's got her reasons too. This could be more important to all of us than you realize, you know? Now the word had gotten around that students would be trying to leave school for the march. Some principals and teachers tried to block the doors or lock the gates to keep the kids inside. But the others just turned their backs so they could honestly say they haven't seen students leaving. There were teachers who would like to have joined in, but they knew it meant losing their jobs if they did. It was such a sight to see. Students who couldn't leave out of the doors just went out of the windows, like a tidal wave of joy and purpose. More and more kids just kept coming. Downtown they marched and sang freedom songs. So many were arrested like they planned. Back at school, Alex was alone one of the very few students who had stayed behind, and she was worried. There was talk amongst the teachers that the school superintendent planned to suspend students for marching. After school, Alex rushed home to make sure Dawn had stayed home like she promised. Oh, thank goodness you're home, Dawn. Thank you for keeping your word. Alex, Dawn, turn on the radio. We all need to listen to the news. Thousands of children protested holding up signs and singing here in Birmingham today. The police soon arrived and apprehended them. To the surprise of the policemen, the children didn't seem upset to be arrested. In fact, they were singing even as they were being carried off to jail. Nearly 1,000 children were arrested on this day. There were just too many and the police officers had to use school buses and transport many of them to the jail. While the new update is ending, the party doesn't stop here. Today was D-Day, and tomorrow will be double D-Day. This is DJ Ricky Real, keeping things real with you. Tune in tomorrow for more updates on this groundbreaking story. I don't know if either of you were planning marching, but I'm so glad neither of you went today. I don't know what I would have done with myself if either of you got hurt. I understand that this march is important to all of us, but please, please don't go tomorrow. Just go straight to school and then come home where you're safe. I hear you, Papa. Thank you. Now, Alex, I think it's about time to get dinner ready. I'll help too. Actually, Don, there's something I need to talk to you about. Oh, okay. I'll start without you then, but spaghetti tastes better when you make it, Alex. Almost just like your mama's, so I'll need your help soon. Yes, sir. I'll be there in just a few minutes. I noticed that you didn't promise Papa. Don, are you planning on going to Double D-Day? Well, yes, I am. Even after hearing that radio report where those protesters were attacked? Even after Papa asked us not to go? Well, yes. Why? 
Why do you want to go so badly when you know there's so much to lose? I already told you why I want to go, didn't I? The laws are not fair. If we don't stand up for ourselves, nothing's ever going to change. Chloe's been training me. She's been working hard to stand up for our freedoms too. She could be in jail right now for all we know. Aren't you worried about how she's doing? You want to help her too, right? Well, of course. As crazy as I think she is for going, I hate the idea of her doing this without us. Just how important is going to this protest to you, Dawn? More than I can even describe. So many other kids are going to march to be treated the same as whites. I don't know if I can be as strong, but I can't live with myself if I just sit back and watch. I want to stand up for my freedom too. And not just mine. I want to stand for Papa's freedom and your freedom. It's the least I can do after everything you have done to support me, right? Sounds like there's nothing I can say to make you change your mind. So, if you're going to go, then I'm going to go with you. Wait, really? You're gonna come with me too? Of course I am. Somebody's gotta look after you, and I don't trust anybody but myself to do it. Not even Chloe. Oh, yay! Thank you so much, Alex! Wait, hang on. I'm really glad you're coming with me, but you haven't been to the training sessions. Do you think you'll be able to go without using violence to defend yourself? To defend me? Kids, the Sally's ready and I'm hungry. Come help me out in the kitchen. Yes, sir. We'll be right there. Now, Dawn's father had always told her her heart would lead her in the right direction. And her heart said that she belonged at the march. Alex hated realizing this, but she figured that going with Dawn was better than her going along. Neither of them got much sleep that night, though. Funny how fear and hope seem to walk together, isn't it? Now, the next day was known as Double D-Day, and Alex walked alongside her sister to the church. They both had a toothbrush, a comb, and an apple in their pockets, because they didn't know when they would be going home again. At the church, there were even more kids than the day before. Everyone was assigned to a small group and led out onto the street, one group at a time. You see, each time the police stopped the group and arrested them, they thought it was over. They had no idea how many more were waiting in the church for their turn to march. <laughs> the police were so surprised and frustrated when more just kept coming and coming. Do you recognize anyone? No, I haven't seen anyone from school. There are so many kids here. Where did they all come from? I saw a bunch with EHS uniforms over there. That's got to be a 10-mile walk from here. Yeah, and I see some kids from WHS too. And that's even further away. I see kids that can't be any older than 6 or 8. <laughs> Stop coming up with those clubs. Cover your head with your arms and don't fight back. Don, I'm so scared. How come you're so calm? Because I came for the training. I'm prepared and I feel good, even happy. I'm glad there's finally something I can do. It looks intense out there, but I know what to do. Just stick with me, Alex. Oh, you can count on that. When our turn comes, hold tight to my hand. Is that for my protection or yours? I guess a little bit of both. 
Dawn, Alex, come over here to join the group. I didn't expect to see you here, Alex. I'm glad you came, though. Dawn, this will be your group to lead. You've all signed the pledge, right? Remember not to give your parents' names or addresses to the police. That way, they can't get in trouble for what you're about to do. We need their contact information, though. We'll let them know where you are so they won't worry any more than they have to. Yes, Miss Ruth. Well, this is a surprise, Alex. Dawn couldn't be swayed, and I couldn't let her come alone. Well, I'm proud of both of you. So, this is the fella? Yep. This is my mouse. Nice to finally meet you. <laughs> He's the one for me. But don't forget that you can't tell anyone outside of these walls. It's still illegal for whites and colors to date. I would never say anything, but I thought your boyfriend's name was Todd. <laughs> oh, that's just my nickname for him, because he's a mild Todd. And I call her Chloe, which is short for Chloe. Okay, Chloe, this group's ready. Okay, everyone, follow me. This is what we have trained for. Don't forget your assigned route to City Hall. Don is the leader of this group, so follow her example. Aren't you coming too? Yes, a little later. If it's not all over by then, they've arrested hundreds already today. I don't know how many got bailed out yesterday, but the jails have got to be getting pretty full. Everyone, remember, the goal is to stay in jail and keep the city's resources tied up until they agree to repeal the segregation ordinance. Okay, time to go. Everyone follow Dawn. Stop! You need to disperse immediately, or you'll be under arrest for parading without a permit. But just peacefully walking here. Do you have a permit? No. Are you going to disperse? No. Then you're all under arrest. Bring the bus, boys. Go ahead, Light dear. Who did that? I'll teach you. Birmingham 1963, The Children of Change, a historical drama based on real events, by Phi Theta Kappa, Beta Lambda Delta Chapter, Jefferson State Community College, by playwrights Hannah Combs, Teresa McGill, Gabriel Miller, and Leslie Warren. Contributing members are Marcy Barrett, Jakia Johnson-Hayes, Madison Maxwell, Lena Acorley, and Ruth Acorley. Faculty advisors are Dr. Liesl Harris and Libby Holmes. Characters Grandma, Octavia Grady, Theo, Papa, Glenn Turton, Reverend Blair, Dylan Kilbasa, Alex, Courtney Kelly, Chloe, Alicia White, Dawn, Rebecca Laban, Ruth, Jasmine Johnson, Miles, and the reporter, Gabriel Miller. 
Grandpa Miles, co-worker, and DJ Ricky Real, Al Guido, policeman, Kevin Towns, and understudy, Emma Gibson. We'll continue this story in our next episode. Thank you for listening. Spotlight Studio is supported by Good Game Company, the Alabama State Council on the Arts, Trussell, Thunderbird, Ray Bell, and Ferguson. And we'd like to thank the Alabama Power Foundation for their support as well. For more, please visit us at PellCitySEPA.com. That's PellCitySEPA.com.